here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. I'm here to fight, baby. Seth Rollins, get your ass out here, boy. When I show up, it's business time, baby. That's what I thought, baby. Baby, baby, baby. Baby, baby, baby. Hello and welcome everybody to Shake Them Ropes episode 61, the 61st episode of Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarran, Jeff Hawkins. Jeff, how are you today? This music is very, it's like a jungle sometimes. Make me wonder how I keep them going under. You, you stole my thunder on the baby though. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Were you going okay. to do that? Oh, it's all right. I, it, it, it was the best. It was one of those things that you couldn't help but notice it. Brock Lesnar, who hasn't really cut a promo in 10 years, is getting on there and just screaming, baby, 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 and you can't not hear it. It was such a mid-80s NWA-style thing to yell, I mean, yell, Jack and Daddy. Jack, yeah. (laughs) Baby. Seth Rollins, you get your ass out here, baby. Or things are going to go down, baby. How does does a Midwest kid like that sound like such a hillbilly? (laughs) Well, I mean, let's think of all the people he talks to on a daily basis. Um, Sable, his baby. That's it. That's it. That's the list. So, That's all he talks to. I mean, what do you think is going to happen? What That's do you, true. What do you think is going to happen there? Uh, it is episode 61 of Shake Them Ropes. We are here to talk about the Royal Rumble coming up, as well as get into Raw. We're also, later on in the show, going to talk about match number 91 of the top 100 matches to see before you die from WWE.com. Dean Malenko and Scotty Tuhati from Backlash 2000, and not from a random Raw or a random SmackDown, which we both, I believe, watched uh, because of the awesome chapter marking of WWE Network. Uh, So we have that to look forward to. Uh, We are also going to be joined later for our Royal Rumble prediction by Todd Martin, uh, at Todd Martin MMA on the Twitters, if you want to follow him. So Todd's a good guest. He's been on once before. uh, we'll get a chance to talk to him and talk about the Royal Rumble. Jeffrey, you just so excited. Rob, 30 men have a chance to go to the main event of WrestleMania. They do. How can I not be excited? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you're Cesaro, this might be your only shot. You better win, boy. That's a, that's a man who's won battle royals. So Fact. He knows what to do. You know, Fact. Big Show says <laughs> that no one can throw him over the top rope. Uh, hello, WrestleMania he 30. How come he hasn't won every battle royal he's been in then? Um, well, um, because, you know, he gets too cocky. He goes in oh. cocky thinking he's going to win, and uh, what do you know? Mm. He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't do it. 
Uh, so we're going to have a whole lot of that. Uh, if you want to catch the uh, video show, shakedownropes.com slash YouTube. We have our YouTube channel. Like, comment, subscribe, follow us. It'd be awesome if you did. Even if you don't like YouTube, go on there and show your support. Of course, the audio podcast, shakedownropes.com slash iTunes. Voicesofwrestling.com too. Uh, before we really get into the big part of the show, Voices of Wrestling right now is doing their 2014 Match of the Year poll reveal. Uh, they had over 60 voters, of which Jeff and I were both voters. Uh, voting on our top 10 matches of the year from all over the world. And right now, VoicesOfWrestling.com is revealing that top 10 list, which is, you know, pretty fun to go look at and see uh, what everyone thinks were the best matches of the year. There's going to be over 150 matches that are represented. So if you have some downtime and want to go see some cool wrestling that is maybe out of your comfort zone, go check out Voices of Wrestling. Um, Jeff, have you been reading? Did you read the first article yet? I've been quoted twice. I don't know what's wrong with these people. You've been quoted twice. (laughs) The problem with me and the reason why I don't think I'm going to be quoted as often is because I appear to be one of the big conformists. None of my matches yet have shown up in the top or in the bottom 150 to 80. So I voted apparently along with many others. My matches are still standing. All 10 of them have yet to show up. Well, that's not a bad thing. I mean, we can't all be contrarians like Dylan Hales. I uh, I have a good feeling that two of my matches, two of the matches that I voted my top 10 will end up in the top 10 as well. So it's really going to get difficult for me to get some uh, text FaceTime there in the matches of the year poll. But the only thing that the do? only thing that really shocked me is my number 10 match was a real dark horse uh-huh. and it made it into the list and it hasn't appeared yet. So uh, it's like other people someone else. Someone else voted it high. Absolutely. (laughs) Hey, if other people are voting for it, so be it. That's good. You know, that means you weren't alone in liking the uh, the landscape of pro wrestling this year. I'll tell you what it was. My number 10 match of the year was the Omega match between the Briscoes and the Hardys. I have a feeling that that's probably one of those that uh, if people were going to vote for a tag team match, that might be one of the top contenders there. Uh, we already oh, seen okay. some Young Bucks matches. You might not be alone. And especially if you voted at number 10 and you didn't see it, then someone else may have voted it very highly. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, someone else may have voted it very highly. Uh, WWE main event, no longer on WWE Network, but if you're in the U.S., <laughs> you can still see it on Hulu+. Plus. Uh, you just have to wait an extra day to do so. So I can't get out of it, Jeff. I'm still watching main event and writing about it. <laughs> Well, as soon as you get out of it, you have to start recapping TNA. So yeah, that's not going to happen. I'm never. <laughs> I, I have no plans ever to watch TNA again. Really? I, I, I don't think I would be missing a single thing if I never watched my, TNA again. Maybe not. It's on my DVR, and I yeah. What go do I have to watch occasionally? What do I have to watch it for? There's nothing that happens that's any significance, and all the characters who are babyfaces now will be heels a year from now, probably after three different turns. And who knows if they're going to be on TV. They still have lame duck status, TNA does. Yeah, I agree. Even with this new TV deal, they're lame ducks. And for those who are mostly WWE-centric fans, um, I'm going to throw out a plug. If you have DirecTV or if you have access on your cable system, uh, do DVR, the New Japan one-hour show. I think Mauro and Josh Barnett do a great job calling that match uh, this week. And I hear episode number three is really good. Um, It's it's hard to find in your listings though, because it's listed as Japan pro wrestling, Japan pro wrestling, uh, but, but it is definitely, it is definitely worth a uh, season pass on your DVR to watch that rave reviews 
coming out of that show. Um, I'm not going to oversell it like some people did, but it's really good. It's the best one hour <laughs> show you will ever see in the history in, of in the your world. Life. Yeah. Okay. Let's slow down. Oh, history of the world. If you have any comments about our predictions here on Royal Rumble or want to get into our uh, live discussion Sunday night, uh, at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter is us, shakethemropes.com. We will be doing a live show Sunday night after the Royal Rumble. It will be an audio show live that you can follow along with. As soon as 11 Eastern hits, the Royal Rumble ends, shakethemropes.com. Jeff and I will be live with maybe a guest or two to talk about the fallout from the Royal Rumble. So you can join in. You can call in during that show. You can tweet at us and get your voice heard about uh, about the results of the Royal Rumble. So that's one plug I wanted to make mention of, the live show we will be doing Sunday. And we will be you talking... Bet. What? I said, you bet. You we'll, bet. Be live and, we'll be live and drunk. Li- yeah, possibly. <laughs> maybe, hey, if people are going to listen to us and that's, a, uh, that's something that you want, maybe we can make that happen. Um, every, every, every new entrant, you do a shot. Sure. 30 shots. Well, <laughs> every new entrant, every new entrant that does not have a shot to win the Royal Rumble, you do a shot. So basically 28 <laughs> shots. 28 throughout shots. Throughout the uh, entire match. Um, so yeah, follow along with that. Before we can talk about the fallout of the Royal Rumble, though, we have to talk about what happened on this week's Raw, some of the key points. It was Raw Reunion featuring the returns of several dudes, including Kevin Nash, <laughs> Scott Hall, X-Pac, including Damian Mizdow doing his X-Pac impression, which fooled about 90% of the viewing audience for the first minute there. Uh, a lot of guys returned to TV. What were your overall thoughts coming out of this Raw going into the Royal Rumble? Uh, for the overall part of Raw, um, they really built up the main event, but not the Rumble, which I found interesting. Although they subtly built up who I think is going to win the Royal Rumble. Um, yeah, there, the was, there wasn't that big push. We didn't see. Uh, we didn't see we didn't all see the guys on the guys, roster. Thirty guys no. in the end no. in the ring. That BS crap. I'm glad they didn't. But still, at the same time, you don't feel the rumbles as important as it was in previous years. Right, and and part of it too is a month from now, especially if they do the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, we're gonna get all the Battle Royal build up again one month from now. Yeah, and get it all again. So it's one of those things where it's so close together. We may not have that match at WrestleMania, but I got to figure we are. Um, yeah, we didn't have the, all the guys in the Royal Rumble. We didn't have too much talk about the Royal Rumble. I mean, you had the big show Roman Reigns segment, uh, but that was more like an individual feud, not so much who's going to actually win that match. Uh, no we, ping pong balls. No. And, and then what about this? Because we had Daniel Bryan's first match on WWE raw since he left due to injury. And yes, Kane interfered and yes, he's somewhat in a singles program with Kane, but Daniel Bryan was pinned. In the middle of the ring, in his first match back since injury, what were your initial thoughts on Daniel Bryan getting pinned? He's not the guy. That was my initial thought. Um, and and they're going to do, oh, but he's going to get his win back on SmackDown, so that'll draw viewers. Yeah? No. I mean, we're no. a year out from Daniel Bryan losing to Bray Wyatt and then becoming the most over guy in the company. So I'm not going to say this is going to hurt Daniel Bryan any. It was just fun. It was just funny to see that Daniel Bryan, after this big, huge comeback, everything he made to get here, and they jobbed him out in the first match on Raw. Well, not only that, he wasn't really attacked all that much. He he was just yeah. brought down. Maybe his head bumped the apron. I don't think it did, but Kane didn't even hit him He's on the outside down. of the ring. He just threw him back in and... Distraction finish. Distraction finish, yeah. 
Yeah, and Daniel Bryan loses, Bray Wyatt wins. Uh, if we end up getting the Bray Wyatt-Undertaker match at WrestleMania, then okay, you know, Bray Wyatt probably needs to win his matches, but it goes back to the whole, you know, why book these two in the same match in the first place type of thing. Uh, what feud, well, let me ask you this, what feud has Bray Wyatt been in where Bray Wyatt's actually either helped someone or actually improved his standing? Um, None yet. Yeah. He hasn't been Cena? involved in one yet. No. The Ambrose feud? Not really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Jericho? I mean, no one Jericho, remembers that. Right. For good reasons. And then he was in his opening feud was a feud with Kane. And what happened mm-hmm. with the end? You had the Wyatt family kidnapping Kane, and then Kane comes back a month or so later, and As nothing is made of it. Kane. He gives right. up his mask. He, You know, where were you for that month, Kane? Oh, you know, I was just thinking of how I could be observant to uh, Stephanie McMahon. That's we all. need to keep we need to keep Bray Wyatt strong. Why? I, I like I like him. I like the character. They're just not doing anything with him and it doesn't feel like he's being built for anything. Yeah. Especially not right now. And we're not at the Royal Rumble yet, so we don't know what Bray Wyatt's gonna do. We didn't know what Bray Wyatt was gonna really do, or at least confirm it until the Royal Rumble last year. So there's time, but right now there's not a whole lot for him. I mean the feud with Dean Ambrose is over, thankfully. Uh, and he's got really nothing to do right now except for beat Daniel Bryan on WWE Raw. And they were, yeah, kind of using that to build up this Kane match on SmackDown where I have to figure Daniel Bryan's going to win, right? I mean, he's got to win this yeah. match. He's in the Royal Rumble. Can't take him out. Oh, yeah. I think he and Kane are probably going to be one and two in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, you, you got to do. You got to do that. Um, we had the returns of Scott Hall, X-Pac, and Kevin Nash as the NWO. The returns of the new aged outlaws. We have the returns of APA, Ron uh, Simmons, and Bradshaw showed up to be them again, all completely destroying and mocking the Ascension, who were given about two minutes to cut like one line promos, one line after one line after one line. And the crowd was audibly laughing. You had Kevin Nash there laughing. You know, they're born and bred to rip and shred. I What is going on here? Do, do Connor and Victor know that they're being laughed at by everybody? That they're out there I, to be complete fools? I don't think they do. I wonder if they <laughs> think that, yeah, WWE's behind us. We're getting this match at the Rumble with the uh, Outlaws. We're getting, you know, in this segment with these big-time stars. Oh, someone someone got into somebody's ear and said, hey, if you put them in the ring with us, they'll be bigger stars, which was the problem with booking in the mid to late nineties as it was. Um, yeah, I gotta say like they're gonna, last year, they're going to they're going to get, they're going to get the win back against the outlaws. They have Are to, they? right? The outlaws won at the Royal rumble last year. Didn't think oh, that would happen. They're not getting another run. I'm not saying they're getting a run. I'm saying they're getting the feel good win against the Ascension. Oh, I hope I, not. I'm thinking we get a Billy gun famous or on Connor and that's the one, two, three. There, there is so much, there was so much wrong with the use of alumni on this show. Well, Um, (laughs) here's the thing about the alumni shows, and it was like this last year, is, yeah, they get put into certain things, but at least you're seeing a lot of talent on the shows, and the show goes by quicker, because I thought this Raw was another one that went by relatively more quickly than recent Raws, at least to me. Um, There wasn't anything boring on the show. Like, I was never bored by anything that happened. Okay. And you had really intense Brock Lesnar. You had a really good stand-up promo from Seth Rollins. You know, he continues very good interplay with Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. We'll get we'll get to that. Yeah. So I I mean it was 
it was to me an easy show to digest. Uh, we'll talk maybe a little bit with Todd Martin here coming up about that too. But I, I, what were your, I, what did you think coming out of this that you weren't pleased with? Because otherwise, I thought it was an all right go home show for the Rumble the, promoting the show, your top match. Don't get me wrong, the show went by quick for once. Um, I, I just think on these alumni shows, which this one was more the Triple H and his buddies Power Hour or Power Three Hours. Um, your, your objection is to first do no harm. And your second is to help the guys on the roster. And you made Miz look like a geek. You made the Ascension look like geeks. You made the show look stupid, especially that one where, you know, what kind of show are you running here? And triple H looks embarrassed to do it. Shawn Michaels was in full on. It's so funny that they called back to that SummerSlam match with Hogan because all he was doing was overselling mm-hmm. everything all night, acting like a jackass. I mean, the one guy who really, I thought, helped the show all night and acted like a pro was Ric Flair, of Rick, all people. Ric Flair in that Legends panel. Because uh, Ric Flair's gimmick, you know, he's he's the good guy. He just... He supports who he supports. He likes who he likes. Doesn't matter if they're his friend right now. Doesn't matter what their storyline is. He likes who he likes. I mean, it was the angle when he came back and gave his support to the Shield because they were the brash young kids who were taking over. Last night, he continues to give his support to John Cena because John Cena is his friend and he's the top guy. And last night, he, when they asked the question about should John Cena give up his title shot, do you think he should risk his title shot to bring back the three guys he got fired? And Hulk Hogan says, yes, he should. And Shawn Michaels says, yes, he should. And Ric Flair, who still is supporting John Cena, says, hell no, you shouldn't give up your title shot. Screw those guys who are fired. Go for what means, you know, 100% in this business is the title. Don't give up your title shot. Screw the guys who are fired. Ric Flair, Mr. Consistency. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. And and great job, John Cena, being the great babyface you are, not immediately saying yes, but hemming and hawing over your title shot which you're just going to get anyways every other month. Well, cause this is the guy who said that title <laughs> shots come and go. He said this oh, before yeah. on television, that he'll get other title shots. And what a friend. So you have to think about it. You know, you have to think whether I should give up a shot at the title. Not his title. It's not like they're asking him to relinquish the WWE title that he has. Right. They're asking him, do you want to give up this one chance at the title, even though you'll get 10 more this year, mm-hmm. to bring back in what could be your only opportunity to do so? the three guys that you were responsible for causing their leaving. And and he's thinking about it for two hours, but then he backtracks and says, Renee Young, you know what? I welcome this challenge. I want it. I want this fight. Well, uh-huh. you could have said so two hours ago. Could, yeah. 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 Once you thought about it and you got your, uh, you know, you got your press secretary telling you, hey, this doesn't look good. You should start telling, I'm, you know, you know how you're behind this fight. I'm telling you, if they ever do turn him heel, they have so much tape they can go back and use where they were thinking he was a face. This guy could be the mo- the biggest monster heel in the company since The Rock. <laughs> if you consider The Rock a monster heel, and I do because he headlined multiple WrestleManias with Steve Austin that did huge business. So I consider him a monster heel, but okay, <laughs> he could be the biggest overheel, if you will. You know, the biggest threat that people see. Um, I agree that... Uh, I loved, I loved badass. Just get down to business, Brock. Yeah, I loved that. Oh, with 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 even with even Paul Paulie, who by the way, best non wrestler all years. Won't win. Um, coming down, 
and and acting you know nervous about just Brock being angry even yeah. before they started speaking. Oh yeah, he was great doing that because because he knew that Brock was on a short fuse. He was the only guy in the building that knew that Brock was hot tempered tonight, but he was trying to get through his opening anyway, and it just didn't work. And and then they just have him stand there and listen to people. And, I, and my joke was, yes, a John Cena promo lulled him to sleep. That's how bad it was. Yeah. Because he, he should have been killing those fools once they came out. If he had F5 Stephanie, that would have been the best thing of all time. Right. All time. Best thing of and, all time. And, well. And, ro- yes. Can't do that. It would be. It, why not? I'm sure, well, it's the same reason you, you can't do. She's an active member of the roster. She can have that now. You're not, you're not, they're not doing the men on women violence, man. They're just not doing it. She's no lady. Oh, Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> She's quite the lady. And and, and I think uh, I think uh, Rollins is great as the Weasley heel. I just let, let me because there was some uh, rumblings that uh, Brock may be turning face. I mean, well, uh, let's he, hold off on that. We'll kids. we'll talk about. I don't know if he necessarily turned babyface. You're getting that. You know, every man has their own you know angle going into this match, which is good. You should have. You know, oh, I agree. Brock Lesnar shouldn't be 100% focused on John Cena because Seth Rollins could easily be the reason why he loses his title. Seth Rollins is the guy that curb stomped him the last week. I like this where you're not just always on the side of who are the bad guys and who are the good guys. You know, be on the side of you. And Brock Lesnar was on the side of you where he was, you know, just thinking about himself. This guy curb stomped him. The other guy is a guy he hates. He's anti both of them. I don't think it's a babyface turn. We'll get to that in the Royal Rumble preview about Brock Lesnar. Uh, and and I do like I do like in comic even in comic book motif you have good guy bad guy evil guy mm-hmm. my my fear is that it's going to be one of those things and and maybe on the Thursday show I don't think Brock's going to work the taping but that Cena and and Brock basically cut promos that we're the real guys here let's get rid of the weasel and then the t- two guys can throw down crap I I, I don't. I don't know. If I don't we're care that. for the, I don't. I don't care for that kind of aspect for it because it just it just minimizes Seth Rollins. I think Seth has come out looking really really good here. Yeah, Seth for everything. I mean, because the Dean Ambrose feud didn't do much for him because we never got a real winner in that, and it was kind of you know everyone was hating on that final angle they did in the cage match. Seth Rollins hasn't done much since. You know, the Randy Orton kind of started there, and then Randy Orton went away, so it stopped. Uh, yeah, this is the biggest thing that Seth Rollins has done since leaving the Shield, and I think it's helping him a lot because he's the one doing the talking. We continue to see, you know, he's the one in front of the authority. He's not the one standing behind them. So that's a good subtle yes. change they've made where Seth Rollins is now the important focal point for the most part uh, as far as the big top heel guy and uh, very well could see him come out of the Royal Rumble as the champion. Uh, really, you can make a case for any of the three. And dare yes. I say right now, Brock Lesnar, probably the least likely, but, uh, but yeah, I it, it, there's a lot of different ways you can go about this, uh, Royal rumble. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the segments, you know, the opening segment was 22 minutes long. It was great when Brock Lesnar was there being heated, calling out Seth Rollins. Then you kind of had the John Cena talking a lot. Then Stephanie McMahon talking a lot and Seth Rollins still back there. You yeah. had a lot of talking to not really set up much except for a show line storyline that really didn't didn't matter in the long run. You could have accomplished that in a different way. Um, but and the, Cena's lame, Cena's lame ass promo there was yeah. just bad. I mean, ash holes. Come on. Yeah. yeah. That's what he does. He's, he finds that little word and then he sets up those jokes. He, he does that. I mean, that's John Cena. And for the next 10 years, that's going to be Roman Reigns too. So get ready. I, 
Yeah. Can be Roman Reigns. Did you like? I, I did, Roman Reigns didn't oh, talk a bit on this Raw, and that was one of the best uses of him. He didn't talk. He just went in oh, there. No. I had that. I had that written. I had that written down. I go. Did somebody listen to our podcast last week? They finally started to get it. How to book Roman Reigns? Let him send him um, in there and break Big Show. Big Show's leaving the ring crying, which was excellent. I mean, Big Show was just as great in that segment. I think he may have legit hurt himself. He may have, but isn't that crazy how we're thinking like that? Like this dude is crying. He must've really hurt himself. And even if he did, you know, yeah, this guy is backtracking. He's looking around like, like he's the guy that he's the bully that was just punched in the face. Like he's looking around and he sees that he has no support. Like all the support he thinks he has, there's none. He's there by himself. And there's a guy that's finally standing up to him in Roman Reigns who people are behind. Should have been yeah, doing that I more think, often. And I think Roman's winning the Rumble, and I'll tell you why. I, and I, I said this before we went on the air. I think a lot of Raw was a ginormous uh, bait and switch. If you watch the n- new opening to Raw, who's the focal point of the Raw? It was Roman Reigns. If you watch that Rumble video, which they've now re-edited. Yeah, they a got bit, a new Rumble video they showed. Uh, Roman Reigns was the focal point of that in terms of uh, lingering on him a little bit too long um, for all the ads. Roman Reigns was, was that, and then they didn't put him on the show all that much. Yeah. I mean, they, they didn't want to show their hand, but, but it was a very subtle way of saying this is going to be the guy. Less is more with Roman Reigns. The dude doesn't need yeah. to be on TV that much. I mean, and occasionally I, and I give think, him, you know, matches, but. And I think Daniel Bryan's loss has a lot to do with that, or at least dwelling on the story of Daniel Bryan for so long during raw was part of that. Yeah. I, I don't know really what to make of this lot. Cause here I am in the short term thinking, you know, let's get Bray Wyatt a win. Let's have Dean uh, or not Dean Ambers, but Kane cost Daniel Bryan the loss. Maybe it didn't look good. You know, it could have looked a little bit better. So you really don't have D, you know, Daniel Bryan losing big time. Uh, nobody wants but, Kane. Nobody wants Kane anywhere near Daniel Bryan anymore. Yeah, well, they're gonna you're gonna get it on this Thursday, and then hopefully that'll be the end of it. Because Daniel Bryan, after the Rumble, will have bigger and better things to go on to, even if he doesn't win the Rumble. Um, but this is, like I said before, this is a match, a singles match you can make with Kane, who's still considered somewhat a big deal. You can give Daniel Bryan a win against him, and then be done with it. No one's saying that. I, I was I took this approach when Daniel Bryan won the title, and his first feud was Kane. I'm like Daniel Bryan's probably not going to be a two month champion. You know, this is, of course, before he got hurt. Probably not going to be a two-month champion. Let his first title shot be against Kane, who they have a story with. It can be an easy title defense for him. Then he can move on to everyone else. I remember at the time people were calling for Cesaro to get the title shot. People were calling for him to be more important matches. Let him have one match against Kane just to get him a win. Everyone's thinking like a Kane feud is the last feud Daniel Bryan's ever going to be in. There's things to do after that. You know, well, well, right now it doesn't seem like it's the, it seems like it's the only feud Daniel Bryan's ever in. That's the problem. Yeah, I I can see that too. But at the same time, you know, it's a familiarity bringing a lot of contempt. Let's put it that way. Yeah. That's true. I found the ending of raw a bit weird and it, it was exciting. Don't get me wrong. I liked it, but in the context of it being the go home for show for the rumble, Mm. Well, in one way, it's the go-home show for the Rumble because you had Brock Lesnar uh, going after Seth Rollins, but Seth Rollins escaped. So that's that old classic. Like, you really want to see Lesnar get his hands on Seth Rollins, and you didn't get that. 
that part was fine. Right. Don't get me wrong. And then, of course, it was, this, it was the Sting part. Sting showed up. Sting shows up. Mm-hmm. He's distracting, distract Sting. Uh, <laughs> Clever, Jeff. To, uh, Clever. That, that, I can't take credit for that. That's Good. Uh, the James Vanderbeek on Twitter. Um, Not the real one, I hope. No. Uh, but. Sting comes out. He distracts and then, and then, the authority, they, which is fine. And it's basically a plug for Hunter and Sting's feud, which isn't doing anything. It was isn't going on until WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, you can always. I mean, we already had the first shot at Survivor Series, so why not have the second shot here? Does nothing for the three guys either. This win because everything in within that match overshadowed it. And you juxtapose that with the authority were backstage in Gorilla waiting to be reinstated and came out to celebrate. Well, you know what? It was I, just I have, a little. I have a feeling there was one writer on this writing crew thinking about Raw. Like, how can we fit all this in? And I bet he thought he was really clever and really had this good idea to go all Breaking Bad and have this show long storyline that just wraps up all these different segments of the show in together at the end with Sting, with the Lesnar three way, with. Royal Rumble coming up. Um, I, I didn't necessarily think it was weird. I mean, it was a cool pop for Dallas. You know, you had Sting come back. You had him continue. Like, he's the guy who's promoting justice. That's his gimmick. They've given him the vigilante right. nickname. He's the guy promoting justice. You had injustice against the Ryback, Ziggler, and Rowan. Sting is here to fix it. And then eventually, Triple H is going to want to put an end to that. So he's going to call out Sting for a match because he's tired of Sting meddling in all, in all his stuff. And That's Sting will fine. agree because he's a babyface, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to keep meddling as much as I want to because I'm Sting. I'm the vigilante. Do what I want." You could, you could have had Sting at the end of the Raw after the Rumble. I don't think That's Sting coming back takes anything away from this Rumble match. No, That's just it, me. no, but it doesn't add to it, obviously. But no, that's what I meant. It doesn't add to it. Yeah, I just don't think it takes and, away much. Yeah, but uh, you take it from the point of view of. What the hell does Hunter and Sting have to do with this well, big event I'm supposed to care about on Sunday? In storyline, there's no Hunter and Sting yet. You know, that's what we all think is going to happen, what likely will happen. But there's no Hunter and Sting yet. Right now, we don't know why Sting keeps doing this. That's the story. We don't know why Sting keeps doing this. And honestly, if you're going to do a big angle like that with Sting, do it the week before the Rumble. Get people talking about WWE and, oh my God, Sting is back. What's going on in WWE? Oh, there's a pay-per-view this Sunday? Sure, let's buy it. Let's find out what's well, going on. Okay, let me ask you this. Do you think it was done for the reason that people might think that Sting's in the Rumble? No. Okay. Sting's not going to be in the Rumble. No, I know. Maybe I know, will. I know, I know, but, I know Sting's not going to be in the Rumble. But do you think the they Rumble. were telling people that, hey, Sting might have a shot to be in the Rumble? Yes. I, don't, I really don't think people are expecting Sting to be in the Rumble. Because, again, he wasn't interlaced in anything Rumble match-oriented. He was putting himself out there with, you know, the John Cena angle, who was not in the Royal Rumble either. Or that he might, okay, how about about that he might show up during this main event? He may show up. Yeah, sure. But they're not specifically saying he's going to, so that's all fine. But are there some people out there thinking, oh, if we get the Royal Rumble, we might see more Sting interaction? Sure. And you know what? We might. I don't think we will, but we might. You never know. There might be something that goes on, but uh, that was raw this week leading up to what we're going to talk about here uh, for the next little bit with Todd Martin. We're going to talk about the Royal Rumble, go through the card, preview the show, find out who we think is going to win 
uh, each match on the show, especially that Royal Rumble and where we might be headed into for WrestleMania 31 in Santa Clarita or Santa Clara, wherever in California yes. it is. No, over by Jeff, pretty much right no, next door no, to Jeff no, Hawkins. No, no. no, Santa Clarita is near me. Santa Clara is up north. Is there an actual Santa Clarita? Yeah, I wasn't just making up a town. No, no, that's good. All right. Well, we'll be back here shortly with Todd Martin. And then later on the show, we're going to talk about Dean Malenko killing dudes from the top rope from Backlash 2000 here on Shake Them Ropes number 61. Welcome back to Shake Them Ropes, episode 61. It is time for Royal Rumble Talk, uh, the one of the more exciting pay-per-views of the year. We are joined, of course, with myself, Rob, with him, Jeff, but also on the line, Todd Martin of ShareDog and F4W Online at Todd Martin MMA. I hope I have that right. Todd, how are you? I'm doing great. Pleasure to talk with you guys. When you were talking there just a second ago about Rumble being one of the favorite pay-per-views of the year, that was one of my favorite moments on Raw when Michael Cole said, the Royal Rumble is one of my favorite events of the year because it comes only once a year. Michael Cole, (laughs) always insightful. Michael Cole's been dropping the nuggets of information lately, hasn't he? Yes, a, a, an important distinction from uh, from uh, Survivor Series, SummerSlam, and the other various events. We were talking about in our Raw talk that a month from now, if they do another Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, we're going to get a whole bunch of Battle Royal buildup again in just a couple of weeks. That's true. Although it's sort of, uh, well, no, not, not really any different. What can you do? <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can do that. Um, let's get right into it, talking about this uh, this Royal Rumble. Um, we'll talk about the uh, Royal Rumble match first, I think, because um, there aren't a lot of contenders, I don't believe, who can win this match, but there are certainly divisive contenders who might have a shot. Uh, 30 men, the big contenders, to me anyway, Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, maybe you throw an off-course uh, winner pick in there of like a Dolph Ziggler maybe, but I would say those are the big two. What, what do you think about that, Todd? Yep. I'm with you. Those are the two that seem dif- distinctly the most likely, even if they're, I feel like in some years there have been a bunch of guys that, um, that you just know don't have any chance of winning. I feel like this year there are a number of guys that you could make a case for them being a good decision for winning. It's just that those two guys that are obviously the ones that seem the most likely that they would actually pick. Yeah, no, uh, I, I think, I and mean, Jeff, those are the same two that we have, right? Yeah, I, I just think the whole going to mania to main event limits you to the point where I, I can't make a case for any more than two of them. I can't make a case for Ziggler. I can't make a case for Dean Ambrose or Rusev or anyone else. And that was the that was the one, and maybe I'm completely off base here, but if I were to actually pick a third, I don't think it would be Dolph Ziggler, but I would put Rusev, not knowing what they're going to do, not knowing who's going to win the triple threat match, but just having Rusev as the Royal Rumble winner when the Royal Rumble isn't the main attraction to this pay-per-view this year, the three-way title match is. This is the type of year where I think you can put a, a heel winner like a Rusev and a guy who may not be a main eventer already. Um, I, I, do you give any onus to the shot that Rusev might be the Royal Rumble winner, Todd? Um, not really. Just in just in terms of the matchups, I, I don't see them. I mean, I, I, I suppose they could 
could do Cena versus Rusev in a title match, but I, I just don't see that being a title match they do. And there aren't a lot of other matchups that make sense as far as somebody else winning the title and then battling Rusev in the main event. I mean, I suppose you could keep the title on Brock and have Rusev um, as a heel challenge him for the title, and then Rusev beats Brock Lesnar. But I don't really see that being the direction either, just because I, I don't. I feel like you could do Brock and Rusev, but I think you'd want that lower on the card because because people think that Brock's leaving. I don't think they'd have the hope for him. And having the the, the end of the show be Rusev beating Brock and what people expect for the title, uh, that doesn't seem right to me either. So you can have like you can have Rusev against you know two of the guys in this three way title match at Rumble, but how they get there at WrestleMania isn't necessarily him winning the Royal Rumble. Um, so let's, let's go through these two guys who we think have the biggest shot, Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan. If Daniel Bryan wins this Royal Rumble, where do they go to WrestleMania? Who is he facing up against? Um, because I think a lot of us would like Daniel Bryan and Brock Lesnar, but after this raw, I don't know if that's what they're going to lean to. Yeah, completely agree. I That's what I was hoping for. I was hoping for Brian and Brock Lesnar for the title. I thought that that was the best option. But, I mean, Raw darn near made that impossibility. I mean, the way that they did it on – I mean, Brock basically turned face on Monday. There there are two possibilities from here. One is that he turns – you know, he fully turns face. Heyman turns on him, you know, whatever they do, which seems the most likely thing. Or they could have that essentially be a swerve. Brock Lesnar becomes a stronger heel, aligns himself with the authority. But if you do that sort of thing, then I, I still don't see them um, having Brian be the guy that they, they would challenge him under those circumstances. So I just – I really don't see the, uh, the likelihood of Brian challenge uh, – rather uh, of Brock Lesnar being in that position. So See, my, my only issue with turning Brock face, and I agree with you, they basically – in essence, did turn him face, is that you're so top-heavy now with faces, assuming Orton's coming back. You have Cena. You have Daniel Bryan. You still have Roman Reigns, and you still have, you know, Dean Ambrose is still a fan favorite. You've got to turn one of these guys sooner rather than later if you turn Lesnar face. Yeah, I mean, the the options aren't particularly strong on the heel side that's true um i'm just sort of looking at what they did and i i don't i don't see them based on what they did on monday um just having him go right back to being a heel that that seemed like a very strong indication that they view this guy as a face and if you go if you go even if he's a heel after the fact um i i guess you can give him daniel bryan but you know there's still these two guys seth rollins and john cena who kind of have a claim one way or the other whoever doesn't take the fall in the match if Brock Lesnar is turned on, wouldn't the next logical conclusion be Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins in a return match, like Brock Lesnar going for the revenge? And I don't really see that being a WrestleMania match either. Yeah, you need somebody else representing the uh, the Triple H authority side to feud with with Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I mean, the matchups don't don't line up neatly. I think you'd be better off with Brock Lesnar in the in the heel position. Um, and hey, maybe I mean maybe maybe Monday is just a swerve, mm-hmm. and you know on 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 Sunday night they have Brock Lesnar become a stronger heel. I, I don't completely rule that out, but it certainly didn't seem like the direction that they were going. So if we're going the other side of the uh, coin there and Roman Reigns winning this Rumble, as has been talked about for a long period of time, you know, people have been out there saying that's the plan or whatever the case may be. If Roman Reigns, if they're sticking to that and he's winning this Royal Rumble match, um, do you, is that an indication that they probably are going to keep Brock Lesnar heel? Is that the logical match that you do at WrestleMania is Roman and Brock or would they give him Seth Rollins? 
I feel like the Roman versus uh, Daniel Bryan equation doesn't change a lot one way or another. I think I think they I think that the two things are independent. The choice of who that they're going to put as the champion and who they have challenging it isn't going to matter because I think you're going to have a face challenger coming out of the Royal Rumble. It's mm-hmm. either going to be Roman Reigns or Daniel Bryan. You're going to have a heel champion. It's either Brock Lesnar retaining or Seth Rollins taking the title. There are other there are other possibilities, but I don't see I don't see Cena coming out of there with the title. And I don't see the Rumble winner being heel. So it's sort of it's the same basic scenario, just who you have going after the heel and which heel you have them going after. All right, go ahead, Jeff. I, do you think it serves? Let's say we're going to coronate Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Does it serve him better to get a win over Brock, or does it serve him better to get a win over Roman Reigns? I mean, over uh, Seth Rollins for the title. I think it's pretty similar either way. I think with with Seth Rollins, you can tell the story of the two guys that were together with the Shield. I think because they were together for so long, um, I think there's a good likelihood that they'll have good chemistry, they'll have a good match together, um, and Seth Rollins can bump around. Those are things in his favor. Um, in the other way, Brock Lesnar is the guy that they've pushed so hard. So I think Reigns beating him um, means more as far as beating somebody that the fans perceive to be a big threat. Um, I guess those are sort of the arguments either way. The problem on both sides is I'm not sure the fans are, are going to want that. And um, regardless of which guy he challenges against, there's still the problems of the fans, you know, essentially rejecting him in that position. I was talking about last week that now this was a entirely huge conspiracy theory, <laughs> but I was giving over <laughs> the point that they could have. Roman Reigns do something in front of the crowd, even if it's just a basic squash match, because right now we only have the six matches, which is about average for a Royal uh, Rumble pay-per-view. Uh, you could send Roman Reigns out there to see how the crowd in Philadelphia would engage Roman Reigns and then pick whether it's going to be Reigns or Brian winning the Rumble after you see that crowd reaction. I mean, is that just an insane theory or conspiracy theory or might they consider doing something like that? I don't. I don't know that I. I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't call it insane. I don't know. I call it a conspiracy either. I, I think that's smart booking. I mean, I think. Uh, I think it would be very wise of them to feel that out because I mean, usually in, in most of wrestling history, I would think it would sort of it would be sort of silly to let one crowd reaction judge the way people um, mm-hmm. the way you have your long term booking. You know, you've got your plan, and I would think it would be silly to just see how they react of one crowd and then decide which way you're going for WrestleMania based on one crowd. Um, with that said. Because of what happened in the Rumble last year, which was unprecedented, there has never been a crowd in in pro wrestling pay-per-view history that's turned on a show the way that they turned on a show last year because they picked um, Batista over Daniel Bryan for, for, for that slot. That It's crucial that they not have that sort of reaction to Roman Reigns because that can color the entire perception of Roman Reigns going forward. So in general, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be concerned as concerned about that sort of thing. But this year, I would absolutely be the, concerned of that sort of thing. And yeah, I think, I think feeling out the crowd is, is a very smart move because if the crowd if the crowd reacts so so to Roman Reigns, it's not a big deal one way or another. If the crowd, uh, you know, reacts very negatively to Roman Reigns, that that could potentially be a big problem because you don't want the perception to be that this is the guy the fans don't want. I mean, you saw it with Batista last year. Batista wasn't getting great reactions prior to the Royal Rumble, but after the Royal Rumble, when the fans booed him, he, they, he couldn't get a positive reaction anywhere after that point because that had set the the tone for the way people perceived him. We gotta we gotta it, pick one. 
Jeff, is, I'll, now, I'll go ahead and start I, there. I, I got, a, I got a, no, I have a follow-up okay. question on this. Is there anybody that this Philadelphia crowd would accept other than Daniel Bryan? Um, well, I don't think you. I don't think you can accept um, a heel is sort of a different deal because you're not expecting them to accept them. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as putting over uh, another babyface and having the crowd not react really negative to to it, um, I, I don't think they. I don't think they'd react terribly negatively to, to either Dolph Ziggler or, or Dean Ambrose. Um, I think they'd be deflated. I don't think it would be a big reaction. But I don't, I don't, I don't think they'd turn on them strong if it were if it were Ziggler or Ambrose. Yeah, I think the uh, those are t- two of the, probably the only guys. If you put a uh, if you put a heel there, of course, you can get that reaction and kind of blow it off as a heel winning, I suppose. Um, but let's let's pick a winner. Let's uh, pick between these two guys who we think is going to win. Uh, I will start and say that I believe they're going to stick with their plan of Roman Reigns. Uh, Jeff, who's your winner for this one? Oh, I think they're going to double down on Roman Reigns and may even tweak the crowd a bit. <laughs> I do. I think I think they may they may make you think Daniel Bryan's going to win this, and somehow the authority comes in, screws him, gets him out of the match to 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 kind of save Roman Reigns a bit, so that he's not the cause of it, and then just double down on Roman Reigns all the way. I'm going the other way on this one. I I, I thought for a while, even when I heard the plans were, were Roman Reigns, I thought that, that at the end of the day, they'd choose Daniel Bryan just because it's so obviously what the fans want more. And you don't want, you don't want a, a, a guy that you're trying to elevate to that top babyface position in, in a place where the crowds aren't liking him. Monday really had me doubting that because Monday, everything about Monday made you think that it was going to be Roman Reigns. You know, they had Daniel Bryan lose um, in, you know, basically his first big, you know, singles match back. Um, you know, they did the DQ thing on SmackDown, but that was the, you know, the real re-debut. They had him lose close to clean, really. I mean, they, you know, there was the outside, you know, interf- outside interference distraction, but, you know, Wyatt hit his move and pinned him. I mean, it was... It was not the sort of thing that you'd expect for Daniel Bryan if you were trying to build him up for the show. And then the other one um, was they asked the legends who's going to win. And that WWE, in WWE land, you never, you never have the guy say the guy that's going to win. You always pick one of the other guys. That's just the way they do it. So at the point that they, they said Daniel Bryan, Bray Wyatt, and uh, I forget who the other one they said was, but it wasn't, it wasn't Ambrose. Uh, it, was, uh, it was Ambrose. Uh, I was going to say it wasn't, it was uh, it wasn't Reigns. Yeah. Um, uh, it wasn't Reigns. At the point you did those sort of two clues, along with booking Roman Reigns pretty strong, um, it certainly seemed like Roman Reigns is the guy they're going with. But I'll stick with the guy that I think at the end of the day is a lot easier a lot easier to work with um, as far as the crowd reactions in, in Brian. See, it's interesting you said that because I thought it was a bait and switch to make you think Roman was going to uh, not going to win by not making him too important, but by putting him – in the opener as a focus in terms of the opening credits and then making him the focus of the video and just bringing him out for a very short clip during the big show segment that you're just kind of uh, backing off a little bit on Roman Reigns here. And, you know, he's there in the background in a threat, but you know, he may not win this. And then having the Daniel Bryan match go on for so long, once he gets his win back on SmackDown, that you're going to, that that's going to be the, the shift right there. But, I, I, I see we're both thinking bait and switch here. 
Yeah, we're. I mean, it's sort of reverse psychology versus reverse reverse psychology, <laughs> which is sort of the way that you read the tea leaves of the IV these days. You know, like is them losing on Monday? Is that an indication that he's going to win, yeah. or do they lose because you think that when a guy loses, that means that they're going to win, and then they're tricking you? I mean, it's and then, things were so much easier with Hogan. <laughs> things were so much easier, and that's why I'm going Roman Reigns because they stuck with Batista last year. I'm going to say they don't learn from history. They stick with it, no matter how the crowd reacts. This crowd could be chanting for Daniel Bryan for all two hours before the Royal Rumble match, and they'll have someone eliminate Daniel Bryan as a fluke, and you'll get Roman yeah. Reigns as the winner. Yeah. But I want to get to, uh, before we get to the world title match, we'll go through this card, and we can do it however quickly you guys would like. But the match I'm really looking forward to, the New Bellas. Age Outlaws and the Ascension <laughs> in a tag team battle that, as of this moment, is about 21 hours in the making. Um who do we got going for this one? And uh, Todd, what did you think about the portrayal of the Ascension on Raw last night? I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I don't. I, I don't think much of the Ascension, um, which is me being very charitable. Mm-hmm. Um, so them getting beat up by legends is great. I, I was hope, sort of hoping that you know Bradshaw and, and Farouk would you know really take it take it to them even more. You know, sort of a public enemy situation. But um, I, I enjoyed what they did. Um, I thought it was fun, and I think that's the best use of the Ascension because these guys suck. So the best use <laughs> is to have them beat up to you know have the crowd enjoy it. Um, as far as Sunday, because of the fact that the New Age Outlaws are such sort of secondary characters at this point, um, I actually do think that the Ascension is going to win on Sunday, um, but it's not going to help them in the long term. I don't think this is designed to sort of be the heat spot before the, you know, they get their comeuppance on Sunday. I think this is you know, sort of a break, and we'll go back to the Ascension getting uh, beat up by more worthy people in the future. Jeff? I think the Ascension pin road dog. All right. See, I'm the only one who's going to go with the New Age Outlaws winning this match because yeah, he's, he's, I, I'm again going by history. New Age Outlaws last wrestle or not. Uh, it was Royal Rumble last Royal Rumble. They won a match in the Royal <laughs> Rumble. Uh, so I'm going to go with them winning again, although I can certainly see how I fully expect at SmackDown this week them to crush another job or tag team and just go on like nothing happened uh, and then maybe beat New Age Outlaws. And you heard it here first. Dudley Boys, Ascension, WrestleMania, that's your match. Really? Hey, I'm just saying. It's a, it's a <laughs> prediction. It's a guess. I don't know anything. But if it comes to fruition, I knew it all along. Knew it all along. Um, another big tag team match on this show. Paige and Natalia <laughs> against the Bella Twins. I mean, really, Hunter said he was going to bring back the tag division, and how can you say he's not? We got this big tag team match. Todd, what do you think about the Divas and tag action? And there's another tag team match we haven't even talked about yet. It's loaded yeah. with tag team action. Absolutely. The golden um, era is back. <laughs> the Fantastics um, are rolling over in their grave right now. <laughs> um, this is uh, this is another one where uh, <laughs> you, you reference to the Fantastics. I, I, I do a... Uh, a segment with uh, with Brian Alvarez on the Observer site every year, where I go uh, every week, where we go back through old uh, old Observer um, segments, and Dave just absolutely buried the, uh, the the Fantastics in the Observer last week. So I was I was chuckling at that uh, at that reference with uh, 
with with Paige and Talia, I mean, they've been. It, this actually is very similar to what we were talking about earlier. Like, this is just like reverse psychology versus reverse reverse psychology. Like, they've been teasing on television that Paige and Natalia are going to break up, and that it's not their 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 relationship isn't genuine. Mm-hmm. But it could be that they're just sort of they're they're swerving every week by making you think they're going to break up, and then they don't break up. So it would seem like this is the time for the breakup. But maybe they're just not going to break up at all and have one of them win, and then move on to one of the one of the Bellas. Uh, feuding with uh, one of the Bellas, Nikki feuding with, you know, either Paige or Natalia for the title. With that said, I'll just go with the more obvious um, solution, which is Paige and Natalia turning on each other and the, and the Bellas winning. I want this to end like the Ascension thing and just have Charlotte and Bailey and then Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch come out and beat down the Bellas. <laughs> but that's not going to happen. Um, yeah, the Bellas by Crook. Hook and Crook. <laughs> Alicia Fox, AJ Lee, and now Natalia. I don't know if it's just Paige being a youngster. She's not very good with these relationships. She can't have a real one. Um, I don't know how long this one's going to last. I mean, I don't know how long they're filming this TV show. Um, but I will, uh, yeah, I mean, one of the Bellas is the champion. Let's go with the Bellas on this one. And, and then we'll get to the third big tag team match in the show <laughs> that Todd referenced earlier. The Usos, Miz and Ms. Dow. For the tag team titles and the Usos right now, for those wondering who the champions are, it is the Usos, if you had forgotten. Uh, Todd, the tag team title match, thoughts, who's winning? You know what's funny is that isn't even the one I was thinking of. I was thinking of the the sixth man. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking of the free show match for the new day. Oh, really? Um, We got so many to get to here. Um, yeah, I, I think Usos, Usos retain. I mean, they just won the tag titles a few weeks ago. And I mean, I suppose they could go back and forth again. But to me, given that they just won the titles, keep the titles on the Usos. They're the best tag team they have. And uh, Miz and Sandow um, is, 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 some, is something where it, 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 you don't want to run too long with it. I don't know that it's run its course yet. But at some point in the near future, you're going to have to sort of move on to something else. I agree with the Usos, Jeff. It's a veritable crack Crockett Cup during the Rumble. Um, yeah, the Usos are going to win, and I think Philly's the place where you turn Mizdow on the Miz. I mean, this was this was the same city where the dynamic dudes in the uh, Midnight Express happened. You you get the the, the Philly crowd's the kind that's going to pop for Mizdow turning. So this is where you turn him. They yeah, can, that's a good idea. I think. Yeah, they can pop. Um, I just harken back to when the Miz and Alex Riley were a tandem and Alex Riley finally turned on the Miz and it was one of the hottest segments on raw in so long. And yeah. the people were so behind Alex Riley, but they didn't sustain it. They didn't do anything with it. I'm hoping that there's a different outcome here for Miz Dow when he finally does turn and he's not just another geek in the pre-show battle Royal at WrestleMania. Cause they don't follow through with this a lot, but well, let's do that six man tag as the, uh, as a closer <laughs> out for all these tag team matches. The pre-show at Royal Rumble, the New Day, all three of them against Tyson Kidd, Cesaro, and Adam Rose, the masters of the WWE universe. Todd, what do you think about this big six-man and all of the dudes in it? It's very exciting, very exciting. A lot of talent all in one match. Um, I'm going. I'm going with the New Day. It's a new day. I'm excited. Uh, I, I think. I think these guys. Um, there's there's big potential in this unit. It's working very well, and I think they get the big win here um, in, in the opener. <laughs> Todd, uh, I can't hold it. I can't hold. It. I I uh, believed every word. I'm just a gullible guy. 
Um, I don't. Yeah, does it matter who win? Who's going to win this match? The New Day is going to win. There's just going to be a yeah. Welcome to uh, you know ro- the Royal Rumble. We're going to give you a big baby face win apparently here. Um, and then Tyson Kidd, Cesaro, and Adam Rose will continue doing whatever they're going to keep doing: play with their cats and lift weights. Yeah, I think the aspirational black men win it to hold back the rage. What What did you think about the promo that Xavier Woods cut <laughs> on the way to the ring on Monday Raw uh, last night? How they're talking about how they're super positive because if they didn't remain positive, they would just unleash like fury over everyone. They would just go nuts. They're basically coming right out of anger that. management. Now I want to I see bodies. I want to see the new day kill everybody. Now, am I? Am I that's the only, what I want? Am I the only person who read anything into that? Like that's going to be a gimmick they're going to keep going, where they're just every once in a while just going to break from the you know positivity and just start murdering guys. Oh no, no! I definitely, I definitely uh, uh, took something out of that. I thought that was a uh, a clear sign of of where they're going. I think they're going to be eventually heels, but mm-hmm. um, I think I think it, it, she's uh, uh, the, the the gimmick sort of reminds me of the the, the character from a Lego Movie. What was the uh, the little uh, little kitty character? It's a, the same basic deal where it's all it's all. You guys haven't seen the Lego Movie? I, I have oh, not. No, I have. I just can't, I just can't think of the name of the character. I yeah, haven't. I know. But it's on, it's on HBO Go. I'll check it out at some point. You need to see Lego. Right. Lego movie is, is, is fabulous. But there's a, a little... I'm too busy watching Friends on Netflix. Oh, a, 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 a <laughs> terrible show. Hey, terrible show. I've seen all the good movies this year, at least the ones that other people are saying are good. I'll get to the Lego movie at some point. I will. It got great reviews, but anyway, there's a, there's a, there's this kitty that's really mm-hmm. positive and happy and shiny and 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 everything throughout, and then at the end it gets angry and starts kicking ass. So okay, yeah. well that's them. That's them. Yes. Uh, we have the only one left is the World Heavyweight Championship match: Seth Rollins, John Cena, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar going in as the champion again. You can make a case, at least I can, for all three of these guys winning, uh, but. Yeah, I, I don't know who's it going to be. I'll go through you. Jeff, who do you think is actually winning this match? We've talked about it here. Who is going to walk out of the Royal Rumble as the world heavyweight champion? Those are two different things. That's true. It could be yes. two different things, yes. I think Cena wins the match and Rollins cashes in and takes the belt. Todd, similar, different? I agree completely. I think that's exactly what happens. Really? All right, so we have the, the cash-in here. That's interesting. I... I thought we could do that here. I didn't know who he would do it on. You can certainly have John Cena winning and giving a teaser and Seth Rollins. I will predict, because after all, I don't see how Brock Lesnar's winning this title. I was coming off the Brock Lesnar train for a little bit here. I don't see him having this title after the show at all. Um, I will go, yeah, I guess I'll go with that because it makes the most sense, doesn't it? I mean, John Cena winning and Seth Rollins cashing in with the help of Paul Heyman, maybe with the help of Brock Lesnar, who continues on as a heel and isn't happy with the result of that match. So he destroys John Cena and Seth Rollins cashes in. Um, sure. I'll join the bandwagon. I'll go with you too. It's a My good move. bandwagon to join. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've always been wrong in these predictions, so I might as well just steal <laughs> others predictions. <laughs> I'm not the best myself. Um, any other thoughts about this show or the ongoings of WWE uh, or any NXT thoughts? I don't know if you watch NXT very often, but any NXT thoughts at the start of 2015, Todd, before we uh, let you go. Um, not a lot. I mean, I, I love, I love the fact we're getting Cena Generico again in, uh, in NXT. Um, the, the lineup for the, for the next, uh, the next special looks solid. Um, I was kind of, I was kind of surprised that they, they blew off the, the Corbin thing. Um, uh, the way that they did after, after yeah. all that time. 
Um, but I mean, I don't think either of the, those guys have a lot, so it doesn't matter that much. Um, and then as far as WWE in general, um, I mean, I feel like, I feel like they reached their quota for WWE universes on hour one, uh, <laughs> on Monday. I, I think we reached 13,000 in hour one. Um, so I felt like the, the 6,000 in hour two were a little bit excessive, but Hey, that's just me. I will uh, be there for the NXT special on February 11th. I'll be live will in the you? building for Generico mm. and Kevin Steen, as well as uh, Pac and Prince Devitt. I'll be in there for that one too, or whoever's in that other match. I'm not actually sure at the moment, but uh, yeah, I will be there for that show. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think, uh, yeah, more so than the Royal Rumble. I'm looking forward to this NXT special coming up in February, but Todd, I want to, uh, Jeff, any final comments for Todd before we uh, let him move on to more important things? I was going to ask, no, I was going to ask what he thought of the end of Raw in terms of building to the Rumble where you're just, your focus is on Hunter and Sting. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of, uh, the positive is that you had all this stuff happening. And I think, I think the idea is when you're going off the air, you're like, wow, I can't wait to see what happens next. And they frequently do that in terms of just a bunch of people running into the ring and attacking each other. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. that that's particularly effective in making people want to see like the Royal Rumble Survivor Series. Oh, look, there are people fighting. Whereas when you have like someone like Sting come out um, and then Brock Lesnar, you know, kicking the ass of a bunch of different people, uh, I feel like that has more of like a wow, what's going to happen next? feel to it so i think it's positive i think it's positive in that sense um i wasn't as high on it just in the sense of what we're talking about earlier which is that they seem to be setting up a direction that i wasn't hoping for um so you know that that wasn't as positive and 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 yeah the distraction finish which is uh never (laughs) never terribly popular in the uh the todd martin household todd martin thank you so much for talking royal rumble with us hope you enjoy the uh, show and uh hope to have you on shake them ropes again in the future anything that you want to plug your awesome twitter <laughs> handle anything else that you want to get out there you did it at the, at the beginning so i got nothing nothing uh, else to say it was a pleasure I'll plug, guys i'll plug Sorry, something for todd um if, if there's any time todd is on a sure dog round table with jordan breen it is the most intelligent mma discussion you will ever get even if brandon from new jersey is the third panel member <laughs> well thanks jeff it's always fun chatting with uh, jordan always fun chatting with you guys and like you i hope that i enjoy the Royal rumble are back on shake them ropes want to thank uh, todd martin for joining us at todd martin mma for uh, those who would like to follow his opinions on twitter uh before we get too far into the rest of the show we still have dean malenko and scotty too hottie from backlash 2000 to talk about and some other various things we did ask for predictions on twitter uh about the royal rumble and some people gave us their predictions here and we're gonna go ahead and read some of these comments and jeff if you have any comments on them by all means, because there are some wacky predictions. Brian Klein on Twitter says, I really want to say that Daniel, uh, Daniel Bryan wins the Rumble. Will they screw the fans a second Rumble in a row, he asks. Uh, Michael Dodd here on Twitter. I don't know if he's replying. He is replying to us. Um, <laughs> he's trolling you. The, I asked for the predictions on the three-way 
and the rumble and he responded with prince puma and cage so i don't know exactly how that plays into anything thank you for playing sir uh Rob Reed on Twitter says Cena wins the three-way. Rollins then cash, uh, he cashes in, and we have Reigns and Ambrose draw at the Rumble, huh. building to a, a triple threat. I don't know if you're going to give Ambrose the rub like that at this point with what we've seen, but that's an interesting thought. The draw we haven't seen that since 2000. Uh, I could see I could see Ambrose as a as a go between between. Yeah. Uh, but, but before Rollins, but I can't see the three of them in a match. I just see they him, just have done nothing with him. I, I see him being a top guy in the Mania Battle Royal and not really having yeah. the singles. He's the third man out. We always wondered who the third man out would be, and it's Dean Ambrose. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have at Markout for Tacos on Twitter says, <laughs> Debray is what should happen. Don't think it's going to happen just due to Reigns booking lately. And Craigie Boy on Twitter says, Daniel Bryan to win the Rumble. Cena will regain the title and face Bryan at Mania. So he is predicting a Daniel Bryan, John Cena title match at WrestleMania. And then Rob Lamka on Twitter says Roman Reigns wins the match. The Philly fans boo the hell out of it. And WWE acts surprised. I think you might have misread Mark out for tacos. I think it says Daniel Bryan is what should happen that he doesn't think it's going to be Reigns due oh, to his poor. That's true. He says it does. He or, doesn't or, or, think or it's the- going to be Reigns. No, that's right. Debray is what should happen. I don't okay, think it's, it's going to be Reigns due to his booking lately. It, yes. It's it's a misplaced pronoun. Okay, what never mind. <laughs> Quit critiquing the grammar of all the people who it tweet was, us, It wasn't a critique. I just, I just read it wrong at first. I went, okay, he doesn't think it's going to be Reigns. It's like, oh, okay. For those, uh, who never were, mind. for those who were unaware, at ShakeThemRopes.com, we post all the shows. Our entire archive is there. We do take comments there as well. Someone, uh, I posted my Wrestling Observer Newsletter awards ballot for 2014 last week on the website. And someone commented, not to be a dick, but some of this list is nonsensical. For MMA, you have Anderson Silva, and he didn't even fight a single time in 2014. Uh, It should have been Robbie Lawler or Donald Cerrone. That was for the Mixed Martial Arts Most Valuable Award. I had Anderson Silva as the winner. This commenter was just a little little confused as to when the awards uh, period is. The awards period goes from the beginning of December to the end of November in the following year. So Anderson Silva actually did fight in the awards period and drew the biggest buy rate by far of any show in UFC in that year, which is why he's my most valuable. And the fact that everyone is waiting for Anderson Silva to come back and he was still one of the bigger stars. They did not make a new male star to supplant Anderson Silva. And you can argue John Jones, but where is John Jones right now? And he didn't draw as much as Anderson Silva. So that's what I say. Thanks for the comment. I appreciate it. Uh, but just a little confused there by the awards period. I want to make mention of that. I also want to make mention that uh, I mentioned it with Todd. <laughs> NXT. We're going to have a lot on Shake Them Ropes and Voices of Wrestling and this podcast here in NXT land. We uh, do a lot of NXT talk on this show because we enjoy NXT. NXT is awesome. It yes. is great. I will not only be at the NXT pay-per-view on February 11th. I will be there oh. for the NXT TV tapings the following day Look on at you. February 12th. They're holding WWE Raw in Orlando that following Monday. So Orlando is getting Raw a couple of days after the NXT pay-per-view and TV tapings. And then two days after that, on Wednesday, February 18th, they are taping again for NXT. There's another Will TV you? taping on the 18th. There are three, there? three NXT live shows in one week's time, and I will be there for all three of them. Don't you have to work? 
Yeah, sometimes, not all the time. <laughs> so I will be there for okay. the 11th, the 12th, the 18th, and I'll probably end up going to that Raw, I would imagine, because I'm going to be there in, anyway. You know, people have vacation time, Jeff. Why not go uh, to Orlando, Florida for vacation? So we are going to have a lot of coverage. Yeah, yeah, it's, well, I'm seeing Orlando's temperature right now is like 70, and here we are outside right now in Fort Wayne, Indiana, it's 25. Like, See, I'll take that who- upgrade. I'm the only one who goes to the cold for vacation. I went to Park City this week. So did, did some uh, bobsledding. Yeah, I went on a bobsled. Tried out for the Olympics. <laughs> now, see, so you gotta get you gotta get a a tryout as a referee while you're there. I gotta, they gotta got, get hooked up. They got a few too many already. Honestly, okay. They got a few too many. Uh, you bef- got a bump for somebody. Before we get into uh, this Backlash 2000 match, what do you got, Jeff? Uh, NXT. Uh, I agree with Todd. I found the blow off to the Dempsey Corbin match um, rather abrupt or to the feud. It's like, it's like they were building it as this big thing. Like it should be on one of their events. And then it just happens in the middle of a random show. And you're like, huh? Now keep in mind, I have not seen all the spoilers for the next set of taping. So yeah, I you, don't know you why seen, this is. You have not seen all the spoilers. I don't think it's over yet. Okay. I don't think it's completely over. I could see them. It feels over. It feels over. Yeah. Does he just kill the fool? I could still see them going to the next pay-per-view in some way. Now, that's not spoiler-ridden. That's just my hunch. I think it can continue because how many times do we see, you know, one match lead to another, lead to another, lead to another? And we'll talk about the spoilers as they happen so that we don't. uh... Yeah. And for those following the WWE linear title, at voicesofwrestling.com. <laughs> Over the weekend, Ron Killings, R-Truth, won the linear title from Bad News Barrett. And then, of course, on Monday's Raw, R-Truth was dominated by Rusev. Rusev has come here to save the title and bring stability to it. Rusev, right now, is your WWE linear champion, and you can follow that at voicesofwrestling.com. Um, a lot of excitement in the linear championship world for Rusev winning that title. <laughs> yes, in the linear championship world. We are following the WWE.com's top 100 matches to see before you die. We have gone through the first several. We are at number 91. The match that Jeff and I watched this week was the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship match between Dean Malenko and Scotty Tuhati at Backlash 2000. Now, mm-hmm. made a joke earlier. When I went to search for this match, Normally what I do is I put in the last names of the participants in the match. And for the most part, generally on the first page of search uh, results, I'll find the match that I'm looking for. So I put in, and I didn't realize it until after I put it in, I put in Malenko Hottie. This was my search term. <laughs> Malenko Hottie. <laughs> that should be your new Twitter handle. At Malenko Hottie. Yes. Um, I put this in and the first match that comes up, now, I should have known better that they had wrestled many times because that's what they did back in the day. That's what they do now more than ever. But I look at the first match, and it takes me about two minutes to realize, nope, this is not Backlash. This is some random Raw match. So I go back to my search history. The second match on the list, I click on that. Nope, that's the SmackDown match that happened three days before Backlash, which didn't go for very long, and Dean Malenko won the title. Jeff, I didn't realize this match was not cataloged on the backlash pay-per-view, there was no chapter marker. So if you were searching for Dean Malenko, Scotty Tuhati, it didn't show up in the search results. I had to go to the backlash page and manually find it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's unacceptable. I guess, uh, 
Yeah, we're we're getting rid of the history of Dean Malenko along with the history of Chris Benoit. I was wondering who they were trying to erase, whether it was Scotty mm-hmm. Tuhati, whether it was the ref in the match, whether it was Dean Malenko. Um, but we did watch this match, uh, a match that Dave Meltzer and his observer gave four stars to. Four stars to Dean Malenko, Scotty Tuhati for the light heavyweight title. Uh, this happened in April of 2000. Uh, no chapter marker. We talked about that. Uh, Dean had won the title by holding onto the ropes and the ref didn't see it. This is how he started his championship run. He beat Scotty Tuhati for the title. So this is another rematch here at Backlash. Uh, opening thoughts on this match that we watched, Jeff, this title match at Backlash 2000. I was a fan at the time, naturally. Uh, I am a huge fan of Dean Malenko. Um, Dean is one of the guys, along with Chris Benoit and a few others, who brought me really back into wrestling when ECW was getting hot in the mid-90s. My first exposure, he's in one of the tag team tournaments that Bill Watts used to put on in the NWA, him and his brother Joe. And that was really my first exposure to him, and he was an internet darling then um, in 92, I think it was. Um, and so I had kept up with his career in like Japan and whatnot. And then I finally watched him on ECW as part of the triple threat with Benoit and Shane Douglas. And I said, Benoit and Malenko are the next Tully and Arn. And I truly believe that I, I, I just, he's the kind of wrestler I like. He's the, he's, he's a, he seems like he could legit kick your ass. And those were always the wrestlers I gravitated towards. And then he got into WCW and they basically kind of cataloged him as a cruiserweight, but he was still the baddest man in that division. They didn't treat him like a joke until they put him up against the heavyweights, which is always the mistake that both WCW and WWE does. They, they make these divisions and then they just basically build them up to be fodder for their heavyweights. Yeah. He wasn't a Um, joke early. He, he would eventually turn out to be much of a joke. Oh, shortly after this match is when they give him the, the James Bond gimmick and he starts feuding with Lita. Yep. Um, Defended the title once against Lita as well. Because, oh because Dean Malenko had this title. We talked about the SmackDown before this pay-per-view backlash 2000. Dean Malenko won the title from Scotty Tuhati. He would hold it for almost a year, but defend it very little because they basically forgot about this light heavyweight title. This was one of only two times in that year long run that he defended the title on pay-per-view. The other one was yeah. fully loaded against Crash Holly. I believe it was. Um, yeah, there, there seemed to be 8 million of these Scotty Tuhati, Dean Malenko matches. And it always lot. made me mad yeah. that they didn't book Dean as more of a badass because he was a light heavyweight. Mm-hmm. And that, <laughs> and in the sports entertainment world, that Dean Malenko had to sell for the worm right. was just a travesty to me. Yeah. That, so they, said, <laughs> that, that said, I have, to, I have to backtrack a bit on Scott Taylor. Okay. If you haven't listened to The Art of Wrestling interview that cabana did with scott taylor i think it was about a year ago year and a half ago go listen to it this guy is just a humble dude who worked really hard and kept in good shape and found a gimmick that worked still in good shape too i mean he Very, was, he's, he's a firefighter so yeah yeah he was on nxt within the last year he was on the yeah. nxt special um changed my opinion of him completely from just being some goof who was in this stupid character to being a really, you know, fully rounded human being, to be honest with you, which everybody is, but you know, you don't really see it that often in interviews and, and just really changed my mind. Uh, I love this match because mostly because of the end. Yeah. Um, and you have to give respect to Scott Taylor for taking that move 
and we'll get into that. And but it looks my sick. God. Well, the whole match, I mean, yeah. Dean Malenko from the get-go, because his finisher's still the Texas Cloverleaf, he's working right. Scotty Tuhati's leg from the yeah. get-go. Like, he's got tunnel vision. He's not even looking at anything else. He's looking at that knee, kicking it, beating it it's, up. That's all he's doing. For old-school fans, it's almost like an old-school Ole or Arn match squash match where he's where he they they pick either a shoulder or a leg to work on and he just starts to work on it yeah he just keeps going so he's working the leg because he's setting up his finisher but by chance each men end up on the uh, top rope i mean this finisher this top rope this is the reason why i was looking forward to this match is because i had heard what the finish was but i didn't remember it so scotty tuhati is trying to give the superplex to dean malenko they're up at the top the top rope but Dean mm-hmm. Malenko counters it. And what does Dean Malenko do, Jeff? A DDT off of the top rope. Impaler DDT. Puts him out, plants him on the head, looks sick. The crowd goes nuts. Dean Malenko gets the one, two, three. And yeah, this was a quality Get, match just, all the way. Just gets up like he's a badass. Yeah. Gets and up and like with, with <laughs> a stone face and mm-hmm. does not. I think Jim Ross undersold this. He, he could have put right, yeah. if he had, if he had, if he had put Malenko over stronger. As, My God, he killed him! Oh Lord, somebody get the paramedics out here! Whatever. Dean Malenko would wouldn't have gotten that stupid James Bond gimmick. He would have gotten a killer gimmick. Double O seven, all because he oh. he acquiesced to the Godfather's request. Let's not do this match. Let's go with the hose instead. Dean Malenko goes with the hose, and he becomes double O seven. Feuds with Lita in a match that I believe was title versus date. I believe yes. Lita had to go out with him. And uh, yeah, that was Dean Malenko. And that was his late 2001 run or late 2000 run. And he would hold the title until March of 2001. And then the title was disbanded not too long after that. But but for it being a setup for a one move match, it's still a pretty good match. And yes, Scotty Tuhati does get the worm in for those yeah. of you who enjoy that sort of thing. Um, but I mean, I, I, I keep, <laughs> I kept rewinding and watching the move over and over again. Just how did he do this without dying? He takes it. Scotty, um, I mean, yeah, he takes it really well. Like it looks really, really good. Even they slow motion. They do it yeah. about three or four times. They show the slow motion replay and it, it looks just as uh, bad every time. Yeah, and, if you're going to watch it, watch it for this finish, but it's a quality match, too. It goes about 13 yeah. minutes. Yeah, and this is where Malenko's, uh, you know, kind of non-personality really does him well because he just gets up like, ah, it's a yeah. Tuesday. That's Another what win. I do. Another win for yeah. me. Another win for Dean, the Iceman Malenko. Um, I actually the shooter, Dean Malenko, you know if what you I want to look, also. Right. I got to look and find out because I'm not sure. We got to tell what our next match is going to be. Um, and- oh, I had it. I'm not, I had it written down, and I don't know it by heart. Let me we'll find get it, it up, here. too. We'll find it here. Uh, the top 100 matches, we just did number 91. The next match, number 90, a match that I've seen a couple of times now. It is on the network. Number 90 is Ric Flair versus Kerry Von Erich from Christmas Star Wars 1982. World class, hmm. baby. So you're going to see hmm. Ric Flair and Kerry Von Erich from WCCW. That's the match we're going to talk about gonna, next time. You're going to see Ric Flair. You're going to see Rick, the <laughs> nature boy Flair. And a guy who's awake is about all we can say for, for Gary Von Barely. Eric. He's awake. Barely he's, awake. He's conscious. Like, he's able to move. Um, but we're going to talk about dumb... that next Tuesday on the show. 
This is a dumb question. We don't. Ha- there isn't a single Benoit match on this top hundred, is there? Even even hidden, kind of the oh, uh, no, like the trip, like the triple threat from that. Uh, well, the money in the bank match is on there, so that counts. Oh, um, okay, but I believe there are no singles. No singles that. Benoit matches, but there will be matches he's a part of. There Not a be, shock. Yeah. So the money in the bank I know is on there somewhere in the seventies, I think. So that match is going to be seen, but we're going to get to Von Erich and Flair from WCCW next Tuesday's show. Reminder, we are going to be live Sunday night, 11 PM Eastern right after the Royal rumble. So you can watch it, go to shakethemropes.com. You can listen to our show live with, we may have one or two guests possible. We'll see what happens there, but we'll go through the entire card from Royal rumble. We'll figure out where the picture is headed. What's going to happen going into Fastlane and WrestleMania? What the picture there's looks a, like at that point. There's an actual picture that has to go somewhere. It's a We're picture of Daniel Bryan, and I'm going to place it on the appropriate match number <laughs> for WrestleMania. It's going to be quite awesome, especially visually. So you should come to shakethemropes.com next Sunday and join us. Tweet at us during the show. If you feel like calling in, we'll have call-in information up as well. Uh, but a big week of WWE with all the stars coming back to the show, the push to the mm-hmm. Royal Rumble. Should be a fun show Sunday night. I'm looking forward to it. Um, one of these shows that is not so predictable, but once it happens, we could be looking back and saying, how did we not get every one of these right? Before we go, um, question for you. Yeah. Your favorite, your, your, your favorite Royal Rumble match. I was going to ask Todd this, but I forgot your favorite Royal Rumble match. What year? And your favorite elimination. Uh, favorite elimination is the Maven and Undertaker one because you never expected it to happen. Maven's face is equally as impressive as Undertaker's reaction afterwards because Maven's like, you know, he eliminated somebody, but you know he's thinking he fucked up. And then Undertaker's Mm -hmm. like, I can't believe I just lost to this geek Maven who won some tough enough show. And yeah, that's my favorite elimination because one, it's the most memorable. People still talk about that one. And it was... A moment that could have made Maven. And I think, honestly, Maven was never this huge star, but people took to him. He was somewhat credible as a wrestler in WWE, and that was part of the reason why. Um, So that's my favorite moment. As far as match, I, within the last couple of weeks, I've rewatched several of the Royal Rumbles, more of the the more recent ones. Um, 2008's a favorite of mine, just for the shocking 30th entrant of John Cena. Uh, You had the whole interplay with Roddy Piper and and uh, Jimmy Snuka in there. And it was a quality Royal Rumble. I really like Triple H's work in that Rumble too. So that that's a good one. I like that one. Um, you know, 92 for Flair is a good 90, one. And I n- like 92 it. is my favorite of yeah. all time, just because that's the strongest Flair ever looked in the WWF. And Bobby Heenan sells it. Bobby yeah. Heenan sells the hell out of and it. And of course, so. I didn't watch that one at the time because I was six. But... I did. I've seen it since then. And yeah, I mean, if it weren't for Flair, I don't know if I'm really a big fan of that Royal Rumble at all. But 2008's a good one. You know, uh, the 2000, what was it, 2012 or 2011, uh, the 40-man Royal Rumble, which was not the best Rumble by any means, but at least you had right. several storylines go. I really like Punk's work with the Nexus and keeping everyone yeah. out. And then the surprise entrance of Booker T and Diesel. Uh, that was a fun one. Maybe not the best, but it was fun. And then, of course, the end with Santino, people popping news because they thought Santino <laughs> might win. Um, there have been some good ones recently. I think a lot of the fact that the talent roster is so deep as far as talent goes, not star power, but talent, right. helps these Royal then, Rumbles out quite a bit. And then my favorite elimination. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a comedy one, and I can't get the original one on the, the original version on the network anymore, and you'll know why when I tell you this. 
2004, at number 18, Ernest the Cat Miller with Lamar coming out after after Orton and Benoit have just been killing the hell out of each other, and they're both down on the ground. And you hear the buzz, and you hear Lamar, and you hear Taz and JR just going, what the? And then Ernest Miller comes out and dances, and Taz is just having a blast burying JR, trying to get him to dance. And then Benoit and Orton come to... They try and throw out Lamar, but they throw out his wig instead, and then simultaneously throw out Lamar and Ernest the Cat Miller. It's along with the song, which I loved at the time. I loved Somebody Call My Mama and some, until uh, till Brodus Clay ended up taking it. I just, I just <laughs> thought of this one, but we're talking about best, uh, you know, 2004 moment. is a pretty good one. With, it's not with a bad ben rumble. Wall winning. Yeah. What about worst elimination? I was watching, speaking of the 2008 Royal Rumble, the 2008 Rumble started with Shawn Michaels and uh, The Undertaker coming off the year mm-hmm. before where they were the last two. And they go right. on for a long time in this match. And then I think it's Viscera coming to the ring. During Viscera's entrance is when like Undertaker goes out. Like No one's even watching The Undertaker at this point because everyone's watching the Viscera entrance and there's other things going on. Like It was a mistimed exit from the Royal Rumble. It's kind of anticlimactic. Right. So as far as worst eliminations, you know, the Shawn Michaels Undertaker eliminations from that Royal Rumble, I think, could have been better timed. Um, but yeah, it's Royal Rumble season. And it's a fun pay-per-view. It's one of the better ones. I mean, friends, I think, friends of mine okay. who aren't even wrestling fans know the Royal Rumble name and know that it's somewhat of a fun pay-per-view to watch. I think for me, the worst one was either 88 or 89, where they kept booking Hogan to eliminate tag teams, and he eliminated Arn and Tully. Just because of my personal love for Arn and Tully. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought that was hokey as hell. Right. Well, that is our Royal Rumble preview. Hope you enjoyed it. Comment to us at Shake Them Ropes, uh, shakethemropes.com slash iTunes to follow us uh, on iTunes and rate and review our show. We appreciate any comments. Even if they're negative, we appreciate the feedback. We will be back on Sunday live after the Royal Rumble for our live show. Jeff and I will be back next Tuesday for our normal show. So a lot of cool stuff coming up for the end of January going into February, which is going to be an exciting month of NXT. Let's get out of here, baby. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.